Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Grimar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on a Wednesday, a great bar sports open line on KMOX. Great to have you with us. We're talking a lot of Cardinals baseball here in our number one of the program. We're happy to be able to go back to the Quiver River Electric guest line and uh, welcome in a guy who covers the Cardinals, writing about them for KMOV and KMOV.com. He's our good friend, Brendan Schaefer. You follow him on Twitter at bschafer12. Brendan, appreciate you taking time as always. How are you? Yeah, good to be with you, man. Appreciate it, man. How's it going? Uh, very good. It's been uh, interesting. It's been an interesting Cardinals day today. We were actually going to try to get you on early in the week, and I'm glad it got delayed to today because there's so much going on between the, the Molina rumors kind of picking up some more steam and getting more information, the Gold Glove finalist uh, stuff coming out, uh, Arenado and Newt Bar being over in Japan. So we got a lot to get to, but I want to start with... Uh, you recently wrote about kind of the Phillies blueprint and how the Cardinals can look to the Phillies on some things that they should do in the offseason to put together a roster that's built for the postseason. And I've also talked about the Rangers and what they went from losing 90 to winning 90 and what the Cardinals can learn from that. So I put this back to you from the teams that are having success in the postseason, most namely the Phillies and the Rangers. What can the Cardinals learn? Honestly, I, one thing that has been the narrative surrounding this postseason that's kind of rubbed me the wrong way is people saying, oh, you know, these wild card teams that are succeeding, all you really got to do is just get in and you have a chance to win the World Series. I think you're missing some of the nuance when you take that opinion, because if you look at the Rangers and you look at the Phillies, those are two teams that have spent aggressively in free agency to acquire team needs. And those team needs have been filled and they're now helping those guys in the playoffs not just this season, you could go back to Bryce Harper as a free agent signing for Philadelphia, but specific to before this year, Philly signed like four different guys that combined for 10 wins above replacement during the regular season. Trey Turner was kind of the big name. Uh, they added somebody to their rotation too. And those guys have helped carry them through the season. And so sure, they're a wild card team, but they're a team that has built the blueprint to say, hey, here's how you win in October. It's by making sure you have guys at the top of the rotation and you've got guys who can slug. And in the case of both Philly and Texas, that's basically what those clubs have done, and you see where it's gotten them. Even if the Cardinals go sign two legit starting pitchers, could throw out a $30 million annual average contract, which is not something they do a whole lot of, it's going to be hard for them to push that you know $250 million type 
uh, you know, payroll that we see teams like the Rangers and, and like the Phillies be able to go towards. So can do, do the Cardinals, what, what will it take? I mean, how, how do they do what we're talking about them doing without that payroll going to 250 plus? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a middle ground between where they were sort of in the middle of the pack in Major League Baseball in terms of payroll um, this past season. The Cardinals tried to kind of stay the course last winter outside of the Wilson Contreras signing when there was a lot of money being spent around Major League Baseball. That was kind of the one splash move the Cardinals made, and they took a little bit of a step back in terms of the Major League rankings. I think they've got to be nestled a little closer to that top 10, maybe not top five like some of the teams we're talking about. And in Philly and and Texas spent very aggressively. But I think you can take a page out of their book and find the, the money that you do end up spending find that it ends up helping you in a very specific way. And we know that the Cardinals are looking for starting pitching and they've already started, you know, kind of circling some names, I'm sure with uh, the free agents that are upcoming that they would like to get a chance to talk to. They've got to pick the right guy or two maybe, and then maybe make a trade that can allow the payroll stuff to kind of balance out. And uh, at the end of the day, that'll be the way they try to fill their pitching need. And I I think that could be something that helps. The offense is in a pretty good spot. I don't know that there needs to be major acquisitions offensively, but even some of the teams that spent in free agency last year, they made some of those minor moves that you notice later on, they pay off down the line. So the, the Cardinals don't necessarily need to hit 250, but I think they can do a little bit more in the payroll department to get a little bit closer to the teams that we're seeing thrive right now in October. I know who I'm talking to right now when I talk to Cardinals fans, and I talk to people here on KMOX, and there's a lot of people who uh, don't like what I'm about to say, but there's truth to it. The bottom line is for for any team to have success in the postseason, you still got to have guys who hit home runs and guys who strike other guys out. And without those two things, it seems like there's very little chance to be successful. Oh, absolutely. And that's a major sticking point for where the Cardinals are with their pitching staff. They talked about swing and miss more times than we could count this year. And the reality was they still didn't end up with a lot of it. And that was kind of the conversation with Ollie Marmel, where he just says, look, we, we're going to have to go out and get some guys that do that. We, we make the most of what we have with the guys that are in-house. And yes, you can try to get a little bit more of that swing and miss from the existing players. But at a certain point, you do have to go out and target it in the way you're doing your acquisitions. And home runs, absolutely. We're seeing those be a major point in the postseason. Philadelphia just has a bunch of guys who can slug. Texas is doing the same things. And so, yeah, that's going to be something that's important. And I think the Cardinals have a decent bit of that. But you got to look at every position on the diamond and say, we can't take too many of those where we count it as a, oh, this is a defense-first position. And if you're the Cardinals, be able to expect to contend one through nine in these postseason, we're seeing the teams that are having success because they're loaded at every spot in the lineup. How do you evaluate this whole Yadier Molina thing? You know, I I think it's very interesting. It's not really all too surprising that it would happen eventually because there's always been that kind of notion that Yadier would want to be a big league manager someday. But maybe a little surprised that it's happening so soon. But I think it kind of makes sense when you think, well, he was in town and maybe wanting a chance to just have that conversation on the Cardinals side, on his side. And if I'm the Cardinals, I look at it and say, all right, there are some complicating aspects to this. Because if he does aspire to be a big league manager, what would that mean for the guy that's currently in that seat if he was on the coaching staff? But I also look at it in the short term and say, if the Cardinals are trying to prioritize winning in 2024, which is what they have consistently said, what makes you better in 2024 might be having Yadier Molina with a voice back in that room and maybe more important than anything else, being able to coach up Wilson Contreras because we've talked about the the kind of oddities of his season and the way the Cardinals maybe had certain expectations 
for that role, but didn't maybe fully appreciate how difficult it would be to just bring in a new player and have him fill the shoes of Yadier Molina. If Yadier Molina is in that building kind of guiding Wilson Contreras, maybe that's something that has a significant tangible impact on the team. So if you're trying to win right away, it may make for some interesting coaching situations, but also having Yadi there is probably going to lead to more wins. So from that perspective, I get it. The fascinating, we've all had like really good bosses who we can challenge, who we can like get into it. And, but, but there's a line you don't cross, even with those great bosses who are willing to be challenged, it gets to a point where their voice is more important than your voice. And you know, this is the line you don't cross. And that that would be the most fascinating thing of what's going on behind closed doors with Molina because for a long time he's basically had the ability to go as far as he wants to go with anything and if he comes in on the coaching staff if there's some sort of disagreement or, or whatever uh, does do, what's it like for him when he tries not to cross that line and I I just don't know what that would look like. It would be absolutely fascinating and compelling from our perspective as guys in the media, Matt. But I agree with you. Like, I think it would be a really interesting dynamic, not only like Yachty to player, where Yachty was teammates with a lot of these guys, and now, hey, I'm I'm a coach for this team. You know, what's the dynamic there? But then Yachty to the rest of the coaching staff, Yachty to Ali Marmel. Like, there would just be a lot of interpersonal dynamics that I think Everybody kind of knew what they were when it was a player relationship with Yadier Molina, but then how does that change? How does it adapt? I think it would be absolutely compelling if the Cardinals were to go this route. All right, so let's uh, get to this uh, so-called recruiting trip that's going on in Japan right now. Uh, this Yamamoto guy, Yamamoto guy, I mean, triple crown of pitching. Uh, you look at some of the projections on what he would do in terms of strikeout numbers if he comes to the United States, and the strikeout numbers could potentially be even more impressive. He shares an agent with uh, Nolan Arnato. He's tight with Lars Nootbaar. Those guys are over there. I'm trying not to make too much of something that may not be much of anything, but uh, just the idea of him potentially being a Cardinal seems like it makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing the dot connecting game, you've you've listed a lot of the dots that are happening with, with those guys over in Japan and having watched him pitch. That's one obvious factor. The other obvious factor is the Cardinals talking about, hey, we know that we've got to do this whole pitching thing differently this coming year, and that means we're going to have to go out and get some guys from outside the organization. So, so far, we're on a pretty good path. Then it gets to the factor of how much this guy might actually stand to make Yamamoto coming to Major League Baseball it's going to be a really hefty contract. And we know the Cardinals are going to have to dance in those waters a little bit with whoever they bring in. Some of the names that have been reported that they're interested in, this guy might have a contract as big as any of them. And especially when you factor in the posting fee that would be paid to his former team, that's going to end up being a pretty healthy chunk of change. I just don't know how far the Cardinals are going to be willing to go for a player that they don't really have any way to measure specifically what he'll do in Major League Baseball. They've been comfortable going overseas for players in the past. You think about Miles Michaelis is one that's worked out really well, but they gave him a smaller contract at first and then saw that he would have his game translate successfully back to MLB, and then they gave him the extension. This would be a different situation where you'd be giving a very healthy contract to a player that you really haven't seen on stateside. So it would be a very interesting dynamic. I do think it makes sense for the Cardinals to look in that direction. Uh, Shota Imanaga is another Japanese pitcher that uh, maybe even better strikeout numbers, not overall as dominant as Yamamoto, but I think would be another guy that should draw the Cardinals' interest just because of a factor of, A, you need good pitching, 
And B, you wouldn't have to give up draft pick compensation to sign one of those free agents the way you would an Aaron Nola, et cetera. So I do think it would be interesting, and it can't hurt that he knows and maybe likes a couple of guys on the team. So I I think it's very interesting. I saw the same social media post that you did, and and it's compelling. Last thing for uh, Brendan Schaefer, writer with uh, KMOV.com. Nolan Arnato's not going to win a gold glove. First time in his career. The 10-year streak comes to an end. Tommy Edmond is the only Cardinal that's even a finalist. He's a finalist for uh, the Utility Gold Glove Award, which was won by Brendan Donovan last year. It just feels like what was not a very good fielding year for the Cardinals. We're now seeing the direct results of that in them not really being represented here in the finalists today. Yeah, today feels about very fitting for the way we felt about the Cardinals defensively throughout the year. Uh, to not have as many, you know, finalists and, and maybe no winners if, if Edmund doesn't bring it home is a little bit jarring for a team that the last two years they've been the team gold glove winner in Major League Baseball. And just two years ago, they had five gold glove winners. So things have certainly changed. I will say, though, from Nolan Arenado's perspective, it was a bad first half for him defensively. And he talked about maybe not taking as many extra reps as he had in previous times to try and stay fresh at the plate. But then we saw him absolutely turn it on the second half of the year. So I wouldn't worry about Nolan Nolan Arenado defensively if I'm a Cardinals fan. I would say that he may still have gold gloves ahead of him in the future. However, it's kind of an interesting fact about the gold gloves themselves that maybe the overall metrics are just taking a little bit more of a role in the total process after the COVID year when they decided the whole thing. It's just kind of interesting to look at. You, you can win it on reputation in past years, but this year and in recent years, they're looking a little bit more closely at all of those elements. He is Brendan Schaefer, writes for KMOV.com. Brendan, always appreciate you taking some time with us. Folks can follow you at bschafer12 on Twitter. We'll talk again real soon. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks. All right, there's Brendan Schaefer. This is Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.